0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to episode forty-five of Tape Measure Takes. As always, it is your host, Ry Ry Jones, once again joined by Chris, A.K.A. Schwabzi. Hi, friends. Got to got to do the second half of our fantasy baseball preview here, getting into all the AL teams. But first, we do have some updates, some things that have happened in the the last week in baseball, and things we missed that we want to get to.
1: Fantasy relevant, also, also. Also, fantasy
0: relevant to be to be fair, yeah.
1: I, uh, I'm sorry also because several of these guys are guys that I called out as interesting players last week and they're already hurt. So apparently the, uh, the tape measure take curse moves quickly.
0: So, so, so here's a bit of advice. If, if he says interesting name, avoid them at all cost. If I say them, they're okay.
1: Please avoid the players that I mentioned, especially <laughs> if you're in a draft with me.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, actually that's a really good, that's a really good plug before we get to the news. Um, we're currently doing a deal. Any Patreon, any Patreon support will get into our fantasy league with Chris and myself. Um, patreon.com slash rye But we do have fantasy news along with baseball news for the first one, um, which is Chris Sale is out. I'm sure they're still calling it indefinitely, even with the MRI results. Um, had elbow tightness and is apparently somehow going to avoid Tommy John surgery.
1: Yeah, so he got three opinions like i think it was team doctor and then andrews and then a third guy and now they're saying no surgery usually when you get a second opinion it's like that's bad that's a bad sign yeah because you didn't like what you got from the first guy um so it's uh i I, i'm not i'm not gonna wind up with sale in any league
0: Uh, i i i avoided him like the plague last year on purpose um my opinion of it is and i get the idea of not wanting to do surgery and not wanting to sit out the year, not wanting to do that i think tanaka is the exception to the rule here it will come back to bite you at some point we've seen a lot of guys who put it off and rehabbed it and then had to get it anyway
1: yeah and uh i just there's just not there's no, maybe if he, maybe if he goes down, like if his price drops incredibly, you I might I might wind up with Sale on a team, but his he he was already questionable with his uh with his elbow and the the weird production from him last year, mm-hmm. and you would think that was baked into his price, but he was still a high pick. So unless he drops down significantly, yeah, I'm just yeah I'm
0: I not, I'm, I'm not, not I'm not touching him, um. Eugenio Suarez, the Reds, had surgery and is going to miss the start of the year, and somehow we didn't know that last week. We both somehow avoided it. Totally missed that. Yeah. Um, which might actually hurt his average draft pick stock, which might actually make him more valuable to get if you can kind of hold off having him in April.
1: His ADP actually has been falling.
0: Yeah, which which is super interesting because I think he's still good. (laughs) You're just not going to have that spot in April. Um... Joe Musgrove,
1: shoulder. Yep, dealing uh, with some shoulder discomfort.
0: How much? How much time? A couple weeks, or we will miss opening day, essentially at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, at, if you're missing like the rest, so we're actually like we're like halfway through spring training already, which is wild. Yeah, um, teams
0: come north in like twenty days.
1: Oh, opening days earlier this year. Twenty right? seventh. Like, um, yeah. Yeah, like. I know the Mets play like twenty six, twenty seven, something like that. Um, so yeah, Mus- Musgrove might miss a start or two at this point. Now he's not totally off the radar, but uh, you know it- it's concerning because he was a sleeper to begin with, and uh, you mm-hmm. know w- w- which means you're not promised production. And when you're not promised production and you're dealing with injuries, it makes him an iffier pick. And uh, along that same vein, there's Tyler Beattie, who uh, we also mentioned last week. And he is uh his injury seems to be more serious bD looks like he's going to miss significant time
0: yeah, and I think the other one we we had on the list was uh canning Griffin canning
1: yeah canning happened actually before the last podcast. we just oh. forgot to uh, we we forgot to bring him up uh, he's he's more of like he's like a mid tier starter like he was uh he he was another you know he was another good arm sleeper pick and uh yeah he's gonna miss a large chunk of time. So So that that basically eliminates him from the draft radar.
0: Without further ado, let's get to Fantasy Impacts. And I think we're going to start at the AL East this time. Yes. And the Toronto Blue Jays.
1: Yes, the Blue Jays. So the Blue Jays are a fun team. Uh, We all know that. And they're fun because they're going to score a bunch of runs, and they're going to have a bunch of runs scored on them. So their games should be high-scoring affairs, fun to watch. What does that mean for your fantasy team? We've had some breakouts last year and we had some disappointments last year. We had uh, Danny Jensen flounder. We had uh, Vladito, Vlad Guerrero Jr. flounder. We had Lords Guriel breakout. We had uh, Bichette broke out. Uh, But I have questions with Bichette. I have questions with Guriel because Guriel has no plate discipline and Bichette outperformed his x stats significantly uh and i don't think you're going to see another 370 BABIP out of him as hard as he hits the ball um yeah his he hits the ball hard but not consistently enough to give him like a you know a huge average exit velocity now so because who, of the ballpark because of the like... lineup love Cavan biggio he's basically the only guy in that lineup that has any semblance of patience um, he's probably going to hit early in the lineup. He's got double-digit power, double-digit speed, and I, I just think that uh, he's got a really good skill set for fantasy. I think I think he's going to be like his father in that he's just he's just going to be a good, solid player for a long time.
0: Yeah, I, I can see that.
1: Now, probably the most prominent player on the team is Vlad Guerrero Jr., right? Because we all know how much of an otherworldly prospect he was.
0: There were people and, taking him in the third round last year.
1: Which, uh, wild.
0: It was nuts.
1: Couldn't could be me. I, I, had, I had him on zero teams.
0: Yeah, I didn't um, understand it at all.
1: So, Vlad, we all saw what he did in the home run derby. We all know his father. We all know, we've all seen him. He is a thick, he is dummy thick uh he's a Big large boy and uh, he hits the absolute crap out of the ball when he gets a hold of it but the problem is uh launch angle dude hits too many balls on the ground dude yeah. doesn't hit he he if he ever starts elevating he's gonna be a force but you know we we have to start seeing it you know
0: yeah there's there's a difference between being like oh yeah he just has to do this one thing and actually doing it and I don't know. I don't see it there. I don't. I don't even know where he's going in drafts this year. Probably higher
1: than I'm going to take him.
0: Yeah, I I could not see him. I could not see him being like top five at that position off the board, which is nuts because I think he was going third last year. But
1: well, it's a it's a very deep position.
0: Yeah, that's true too.
1: But again, I just it. it I actually, I, I could see the high draft pick more last year. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather not know anything than know what I know.
0: Yeah. I I don't I don't see it. I don't see it there. But it is interesting. I think Bichette might actually be interesting too in terms of. Just
1: yeah, like he hit Can like, he produce uh, without uh, the
0: BABIP too? Which would be interesting. Right.
1: Yeah. Um. He hit, uh, his his like his OBP was okay, but it was inflated by the batting average, which was inflated by the BABIP. So yeah. you know, if if those if the luck comes down, I I don't know how productive of a major leaguer he's going to be. I think the answer's probably still productive, but not
0: ridiculous like it was last year. Um, moving on to a team that you know I, I think everybody knows but doesn't really talk about in terms of how good they are is the Rays. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, well, because they're a some of the parts team, right? We we talked about this in yeah. a previous podcast where, like, what I think like one guy got more than four WAR, was it, or or two guys? Barely. I think
0: we had one guy over f- four and three over
1: three. Yeah, and there's a good reason for that. It's not because they didn't have good players. It's because no one on the team plays a lot, and WAR is a cumulative stat. They only had one guy get six hundred plate appearances last year, and he is in San Diego now. So, I mean, you, you can feel pretty confident about Meadows playing every day. You can feel pretty confident about Adamez playing every day. But then, who else? Yeah. So, we, uh, generally, when I'm looking at playing time projections, I'm looking at uh, roster resource on Fangraphs. Mm-hmm. And right now, the guys who aren't listed in their starting lineup, Arazarena, Wendell, Margot, Nate Lowe, Daniel Robertson, Jose Martinez. These are all players with legitimate major league skills. A lot of these guys hit. A couple of them are great on-base guys. Margot's a great defender. Araza they just traded a top 50 prospect for. These guys should get playing time. What are the Rays going to do? Yeah, I think the question is going to be more how, with
0: drafting a Tampa Bay Ray player, is do you think they're going to be one of the guys to potentially get 600 plate appearances?
1: I'm I'm honestly I'm terrified to draft any Rays position players yeah. Yeah. who aren't um Austin Meadows unless I'm in a daily league and I can actually like, you know, bench them on a given day.
0: Yeah. Daily daily league obviously different um too. But their pitching still is a really good pool to draft from, and I think you targeted one of them for your interesting pick as well.
1: Yeah. So he's a middle reliever. So he flies under the radar a little bit, but I don't think he will for long. He uh, so Nick Anderson got traded from the Marlins to the Rays. He uh, crossed the state in the middle of the year, and he was basically Josh Hader after that. He struck out seven. He struck out seventeen point three guys per nine innings. Basically, two guys every. God, it's insane. That's Uh, ridiculous. He had he had a little bit of a home run issue, slight. But who didn't last year? He was still under league average. Uh, It's just, you know, a higher number than you'd expect from a guy that's that good. So, yeah, I I think Nick Anderson winds up with that closer role because last year their closer most of the time was uh, Pagan. And where's Pagan now? Not in Tampa. Yeah. So they have a lot of bullpen arms who could take that job and run with it, like uh, Alvarado, Castillo. Uh, But I do think that uh, I think Nick Anderson is going to be the guy who comes away with it unless they decide to do the whole like Andrew Miller thing with him and let him be a fireman, which, you know, it's the Rays. They're smart. They might do that.
0: Yeah, they might. They might. It's entirely possible. Probably a little bit more value in a hold save league.
1: Oh, definitely. But save save hold league. I think Nick Anderson is a top five reliever. Yeah. But the thing about him, he's going to strike out so many guys and the ratios are going to be good enough that he's valuable in a even non-closer in a non, role? Yeah, yeah, even in a non-hold league. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to the team that's probably
0: the most. I wouldn't say most disappointing because the Orioles still exist and I forgot about them for a second. I forgot they it was, existed. It was a
1: disappointing offseason for sure.
0: I literally forgot the Orioles existed for a second when I said that by the way. Like I'm like yeah, it's the most disappointing team it's the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the Yankees and the Reds. Wait a minute.
1: So there was a uh, there was a player on Twitter earlier today who uh he tweeted and he posted a picture of himself in the in a in an Orioles uniform and it was like you know, all the coaches told me I wasn't going to make it. They told me to go to JUCO. They told me I was not D1 quality. And now here I am on the Orioles. And my first thought was, cool, maybe he'll get on a major league team next. Yeah.
0: Cool. But anyway, moving on. Uh, talking about the Red Sox. Obviously, I think the big thing is they lost Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. Which was a driving factor for that team. Um In terms of fantasy players, I think they were extremely thin outside of what I'm going to refer to for the rest of the podcast as the usual suspects. Mm -hmm. You know, the guys you always hear everybody talking about. uh, For the Sox, that's obviously Betts, Bogarts, uh, Martinez. They're starting pitching. It will be extremely interesting, though.
1: So Verdugo is currently on the shelf with a back injury. And while while he's on, while he's out of the lineup, their five through nine is gross. So the, it might not sound like it, but Moreland, uh, Chavez, uh, J- uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., Christian Vasquez, Kevin Pillar. If Vasquez doesn't repeat his breakout season, that is, a dis- that's horrible as a five through nine.
0: Yeah. And oh, I forgot Devers. By the way, in the Usual Suspects too.
1: Oh yeah, Devers. Devers is a first-round yeah. pick. Probably yeah. he's re, he's really good. Like those first four guys can you know mash with anybody. Yeah, the,
0: the first four but guys are great. And once you going, get past
1: that, yeah, yeah, and it gets five deep once Verdugo comes back. But the rest of this lineup is iffy, and really we've we've come to expect better from the Sox, and it's just it's also it's not an AL East competitive lineup anymore.
0: Yeah, I think that I think that's a big difference. If they were playing in a different division, I think it would be a slightly different story. But they play in what is always considered one of the most competitive divisions in baseball. Although, mm-hmm. to be fair, for the last 5 or 6 years it's probably been the second most competitive. Um and I I disagree about one player in their 5 through 9. And it's my interesting player pick, and that's Jackie Bradley Jr. I realize and you made this argument too. He's 30, what we see is probably what we're going to get.
1: He's a perpetual breakout candidate.
0: He's a perpetual breakout candidate, but we always see one or two of these 29, 30-year-olds have a breakout season in their contract year. And that's where Jackie Bradley Jr. is right now. I mean, it's the whole reason why Martinez got the money he did from the Red Sox. (laughs)
1: I actually I was kind of hoping that the Mets would trade for uh, JBJ in the offseason.
0: I I still think he's probably a trade candidate knowing that they're they're selling off parts, um, yeah, specifically because he's in a contract year.
1: If they're like a good number of games out of the wild card spot, yeah,
0: absolutely. Which might actually make JBJ more potentially valuable too. If mm-hmm. he's on a team where all of a sudden he's hitting second and gets more, you know, run scoring opportunities um versus being outside of the top 5. So, I I really like him in his contract year. I feel like it may be like short lived, but it might actually be his breakout year because you know there's money on the other side of the season.
1: Could be, you know, some guys are motivated like that. But uh, so let's move on to uh the most team. injured team in New York. Yeah, for once, and it's not the Mets for for a couple seasons running now.
0: Yeah, seriously. It's an absolutely
1: nutty story. The Yankees are in shambles. It's really, Uh, I know. So Stanton's gonna miss the beginning of the season, and Judge looks like who like who knows right now because the way they were describing that injury, it sounded like they didn't even have like a good diagnosis. It was just like, yeah, he's got some pain around his pectoral and it hurts a lot, and yeah, we're holding him back for a bit. So who really, who knows there? Uh, and anytime you're talking about, like, a pectoral injury or an injury around your, your uh, you know, your torso, that kind of stuff takes you out for a while. Yeah. So uh, I I had someone pose the question earlier, who are you taking at this point for the season, Stanton or Judge? And I, I Judge is more talented, but I went, I, I said Stanton just because, like... Uh, it sounds like a minor calf injury versus something that could take Judge out for months.
0: Yeah, it, it and also, I feel like, and this is probably going to piss a lot of Yankees fans off, I feel like you're also getting more of a known qu- quantity with Stanton, too.
1: Well, I don't know, because unless you're talking injury, Judge has always produced. Yeah. Like, I, I think a healthy judge is going to put up, like, six-plus war, basically no questions asked, Yeah. whereas Stanton has done that, like, once. Yeah.
0: I'm I'm more referring to, you know, you, you've seen Stanton go down before and bounce back from injuries without not— missing spring trainings and stuff and missing time and having to get back into it right away, versus Judge where I don't think we've really seen him go down and then come back immediately, bounce back. That's why I would take Stanton of the two if you made me pick between the two.
1: Okay. Well, so we've got I mean I, I'm not even that worried about the Yankees lineup. Like I don't think that I, I don't think that the missing Judge and Stanton are going to affect the rest of the lineup that much. Just because I have a strong feeling that Touchman's gonna step in and be fine. Like I think Touchman might be a four war player. But what about Clint he, Frazier? <laughs> Clint Frazier's gonna hit like he, you know, finally, he's, not a good he's finally gonna hit. He hit last year. I know. He he was. Uh, hang on, I got I got in front of him. He uh, he was a he was an above league average hitter last year. Oh wow. Um. So you've got Frazier. You've got Arshella's uh, back. Andujar's back. I I just I think that lineup's just going to be absolutely fine. But the questions are: How is Andujar going to bounce back from his injury? Will lemehu still be a borderline MVP candidate? will glaber torres ever turn 24 no uh, <laughs> he'll be 22 did you know? forever did you know he's only 23
0: did you know he's only 23 yeah did you know he's only 20 he's gonna stay 22 forever guys it's, it's just that's like the, i've been that's...
1: 23 for the last eight or nine years yeah i'm turning uh, 25
0: but... for the fourth time this year
1: yeah like right? the yankees lineup is gonna be fine and like sometime in july we're gonna be like mike ford has how many home runs
0: that's
1: <laughs> just how the Yankees work.
0: Yeah, they always seem to have that answer. It's w- weird.
1: But uh, it's very I, think weird. The, I think the interesting thing, uh an interesting player from the Yankees this season is Jordan Montgomery. Um he was injured all of last season and he's somehow flying under the radar as a young productive lefty on the Yankees. Like yeah. I think his I think Jordan Montgomery's Yankee career has been better than James Paxton's. And we never hear about him, but he's back. He's healthy. He's got a rotation spot, I'm pretty sure. Well, he does I, have like, one now with Severino yeah, down as a, too, as of right for now, sure. Yeah. Like and uh Harmon's out until like June, I want to say. So, I mean, Jordan Montgomery's going to win like 15 games and s- somehow people are still not going to be talking about him and because it's just the weirdest phenomenon in New York. Yeah. Um, now to talk about the only Triple A
0: team that is allowed to play in the major leagues. They should be relegated. They really should. And you know what the fun? You know what the fun? The fun part about about all this is with the Orioles is they're claiming poverty. Because... Nothing.
1: Nothing. Nothing is the fun part.
0: No, the fun part is they claim they're <laughs> like this and in poverty because they have to pay the Nats half as much as the next lowest paid team in television revenue. Like they literally, like, you hate to see it, man. It's a poverty franchise.
1: I would say the Orioles have six players on their team who you have to kind of spare a thought. They've got Trey Mancini, who we all know about. He's a he's a very productive hitter in spite of that awful lineup. Yeah, we've got Hanser Alberto, who is a batting average guru. He's he's gonna get he's gonna hit so many singles uh we've got austin hayes who was very productive in his brief time in the majors last season and looks like a a, a dark horse candidate I, I think he's still rookie eligible i think so uh that's like a dark horse candidate for rookie of the year there yeah and uh blast from the past high up on adderall chris davis is destroying spring training right now he almost took Charlie Morton deep yesterday. Charlie Morton, who was like the best in the majors at home run suppression last year. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to draft him, but maybe uh, maybe you've got bigger stones than I do. And He is uh, not
0: rookie eligible, by the way. Hayes? He's played 20 games in three straight seasons. Uh, really? Yeah, he came up in 17 and 18. Huh.
1: Well, the more you know. But I still like Hayes as a, as a uh, late round outfield pick. Oh, yeah, totally, especially uh, in, like, a 14-team league. Unless I actually have a league that rewards you for, like, having the Rookie of the Year. Oh, so wow. That's actually relevant for me. Good to know. Yeah. But uh, probably not for you because you're not in dumb leagues like I am. So <laughs> How uh,
0: many leagues <laughs> are you in?
1: The same, I'm are, dumb. I'm in a dumb amount of leagues. Are you going to play the fifth? Okay. <laughs> the five is five is about right. I like um,
0: I like Chris Davis though. I, f- I feel I feel like that's the comeback.
1: Hey man, I'm not going to do it, but again, do it man. Did you do it? I will encourage everyone to do it, but I'm not going to do it myself. Uh so don't do what I did last year. Do not draft uh, Michael Givens Hall, Michael Michael Gibbons, and and uh, roster him all year thinking that he's going to get saves because he's not because the Orioles suck. Yeah. And for some reason, Gibbons was amazing as a setup man for years, and then as soon as he got into that closer role, he uh, he couldn't hack it. He's, one, he's not a proven closer, you guys. Um, and then there's two intriguing arms in the starting rotation. Uh, Means John Means was a Rookie of the Year contender. He was really really good. Yeah, and he's got uh, he's he's good at at a contact suppression. You know, he's not gonna wow you with his strikeout numbers, wow you with his stuff. But people don't hit the ball that hard against him. The uh, the only question I have about him is it's a it's a tough, tough division. It is,
0: it is, and he's got to pitch in Yankee Stadium too.
1: Yep. Which yep. is always Yankee, a challenge. He's gotta pitch 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 in Toronto, pitch in uh his his own park, pitch in uh Boston. It's it's a tough division of stadiums. And then uh oh god, I already forgot it. Wajahowski Uh we we looked this up beforehand. I'm pretty sure it's Wajahowski is so I think you got that. has some killer breaking pitches. He had two or three starts last season where you watched you actually just watched him pitch and you were like, wow, this guy like we might be onto something here. Like his uh, I I God, I can't remember if it's a slider or a curveball, but he does he does have one pitch which is just like really like a plus major league breaking ball. And he's the kind of guy where like the Orioles can throw him out there thirty times and see if they've got something. So, you know, stream him or just stash him and see if uh you know, you can do it too. Stash him and see what see what you got. Yeah. That's, uh, that's way more than I expected to talk about the Orioles. I know, right? That's way more than anyone should talk about the Orioles.
0: Yeah, this should be an afterthought. Um, to one of the more interesting teams that I think people, everybody likes talking about this year, especially this offseason with what they did, the White Sox are all of a sudden like here. Yeah. Trust the process, but it actually works.
1: Sorry, Sixers fans. We were talking about this pre pod and. I thought, like, I was looking up and down the lineup, and I was like, "Wow, this is like, this is solid. There's not a lot of holes on the team. The bullpen kind of sucks, but other than that, they, they could even definitely be a wild card contender. They could definitely be a Four deep, I think, which is, you know, it's not great, but it's enough to to win a bunch of regular season games. Um, I also,
0: I also hate to say this, but they probably will have one of the most interesting prospects to go get a reliever at the deadline too, if they need one. Who's that? Madrigal. You think they trade him? It's possible. You know, it, it's really, really funny. In And I forgot who did the article right after the Nats one, where they talked about the deadline after a wild card team wins the World Series because it's happened, especially since the second wild card era, like four times. The offseason for potential wild card teams and the trade deadlines for potential wild card teams, there's like 44 percent more player movement
1: huh yeah i guess it makes sense it's, it's recency bias yeah it's a league of followers and when yeah. you see and when you see the wildcard team when you're like i could do that
0: and so i could definitely see them if they think like oh yeah we're bullpen armor we're this guy way i could definitely see them
1: moving madrigal uh i mean i i could see it so uh f- following up on the madrigal thing Uh, A point that I wanted to make was the White Sox are full of guys who you would think should be power speed threats or just speed threats. And they just, the organizational philosophy just seems to be to not run a lot. So you've got, you've got guys like uh, Robert, you've got guys like uh, Moncada. Are they going to run? Like they stole a ton of bases in the minor leagues, but I'm just not sure if they're going to steal more than 20, 25 bags in the majors, just because it's just not what the White Sox do. Yeah, they've got a killer lineup. I kind of it, it it made me think like Twins Light. They've got I think eight guys who are currently projected for 22 plus home runs. It's a good ballpark. They've got talented hitters up and down, and it's a it's a nice balance too. They've got some guys that hit for average, some guys that walk a lot, plenty of guys hitting dingers it's I, I think this is a really underrated lineup coming into the season if if uh robert robert produces like that's going to be a stacked lineup i think it's
0: hugely stacked i think even if he
1: doesn't produce to the level we're expecting him to it will still be a stacked lineup and the crazy thing is i think their i think their rotation is better than the twins rotation it's just the tw- i i the twins probably have the best lineup maybe in baseball I, at least in the AL
0: i will say this i think the Twins rotation Probably has the Dodgers. The Twins has the higher potential. The White yeah. Sox have the more solid rotation. I actually Is that a hot take? I don't yeah, think it I don't is. Ad-
1: I don't agree. Um the uh the twins rotation. Hang on, I'm clicking around. The Twins rotation has Berrios, who I like, Odorizzi, who I don't, Maeda. Can you get more than one hundred fifty innings out of Maeda, yeah. and then and then Homer Bailey and Julius Chessine. yeah, who who both probably will suck.
0: Well, let's be real. I think in Chicago it's a it's a stopgap in the rotation too.
1: Well, they have a legitimate ace, which uh, the Twins don't really. They Again, have... unless
0: their guys actually pitch to their full potential. Yeah, too.
1: but uh, they've also got Keichel, who is a you know very solid veteran. Who's yeah you know, been to the playoffs?
0: Yeah, you also got Copec uh, coming back at some point from Tommy John surgery.
1: Mm-hmm. Copec Cease is looking good. Speaking of Cease, really like him as a uh, sneaky late uh, starting pitching pick.
0: I, I, I got crapped on the other night in Spores Discord when we were or, uh, the stream when we were talking about pl- uh, late draft starting pitchers, and everybody was talking about Ronaldo Lopez and Ronaldo Lopez and Ronaldo Lopez, and, Ronaldo Lopez, and it's like. I don't trust a guy with a career 4.67 ERA who's going to be a fifth starter with guys breathing down his neck to, you know, produce. I don't... He might be the only guy in their top seven who I don't like.
1: Yeah, I don't hate Lopez as a a bench guy. Like, a very, very late-round pick, you know, fill out a roster because there's a few times a year where he'll go eight innings, strikeout 10, and, you know, you know he's going to do it a few times. It's just a matter of figuring out when. And also, if he can put together a longer stretch like that, he's talented. Yeah. But one of the more—he's one of the more inconsistent guys in the league who's capable of spectacular things. Yeah. And uh, last thing I want to say about the White Sox, uh, Aaron Bummer—they just signed him to a long-term deal. He's—I I th- think—he's currently in line to be the setup guy, but because of the deal and his productivity i can absolutely see him becoming their closer like the he's he's a really good uh closer handcuff a really good closer stash uh for i i like i think the first sign of scuffling from colomay and you've got a new closer there and it's gonna be aaron bummer i still hate the pronunciation
0: of that name colomay colomay I I took I took electronics and electric and like electrical engineering classes in high school, so I see that as Cologne.
1: We're, we're lovers of pronunciation on this pod in oh, general. Yeah,
0: I say every I say every name correctly. <laughs> Never said one wrong. Mm-hmm.
1: Never. Never.
0: Not once. Um, moving like, on to like the team we just spent a lot Carter, of time talking about. Carter,
1: Carter Kia bomb. Kaibom.
0: Yeah, you should say it differently every time. I like it. Anyway. Moving on to the so, team we just talked about in yeah. their
1: rotation, the Twins. Not, not a lot more to say. We kind of covered it. Their lineup yeah. is absolutely stacked, up and down. It's disgusting. Um, yeah. So you really can't go wrong. I don't think any of their, I don't, I don't think any of their starters are being wildly overvalued. Uh, I do think that Garver and Sano are being a little bit undervalued. Crew like. Weird thing about Nelson Cruz, Nelson Cruz has basically hit for his entire life, and it's just always undervalued. I guess because he's a DH only, kind of getting older, but he showed no signs of slowing down. He was still one of the best hitters in baseball last year. Probably will continue to do that. He's 39. <laughs> he's he's going to be 40 this season. Yeah, seriously. But, it's, but it's always I, I so interesting. No signs
0: of slowing down. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's always interesting. Yeah.
1: But I, I do really, I, I love Garver as a target. Uh, yes. I think So I think there's a very clear drop in catcher quality after Garver. Because after Garver, you're talking about bounce-back candidates or just guys you're hoping weren't flukes, like uh, uh, Christian Vasquez, Roberto Perez. I, I think Garver is the last good, reliable catcher before there's a drop. Yes. and I think he costs less than the the four guys above him, so I, I I like I like Garber as a uh, mid tier catcher pick or a mid round catcher pick.
0: All right, so you're calling him McNeil part two. Who is your interesting
1: player from the Twins? Arias, the McNeiling
0: Luis. electric boogaloo. Bull-
1: Luis Arias. So I <laughs> I looked at his baseball savant page and threw up in my mouth. Uh, it's a lot of blue. We've talked before about how red is good. Blue is bad, and there's a lot of blue. The only red is his expected batting average, because for all of that blue on his page, the one thing he does better than just about anybody in baseball is put the bat on the damn ball. He doesn't strike out. And I, do, I, I think with some minor tweaks to his game, if he ever starts elevating it more, getting it in the gaps more, getting it over the fence a little bit more... I, I think you're looking at a, a highly productive hitter and he's going to be in the lineup most days in a, in a very, very, as we said, productive lineup. So the RBIs and run production should be there. He scored a lot of runs in his brief time last season, and he's a really good balance pick to balance out like an earlier Gallo pick or an Edwin Arc pick guys that, you know, are going to hit to 2230 it's nice to get a uh, reliable batting average late in the draft. And Luis yeah. Arias might be that guy.
0: Um, moving on to a team I want to talk about because it's interesting a little bit. Just a little bit interesting. More interesting than the Orioles. The Royals. Barely. Barely. Um, obviously, you have Soler, who had the breakout party last year. Um, Whit Merrifield, who said he wants to steal bases this year.
1: like he, That's nice. Like he wants to could have done that last year with. He want
0: he wants like a 30-30. He wants to be 30-30, which I I feel like is interesting. I Also feels more realistic than 50-50. Sorry. Cheap shot. Anyway, um you got Hunter Dozier and you got Monsey if he can stay healthy. But that's really I think it. There's a lot of question marks on that roster, especially in the rotation with pitching. Um I feel like the only interesting player you can talk about with the Royals will be Salvador Perez, come back, please. We need more catchers.
1: Yeah, uh, I think the the uh, the more leagues that adopt OBP, the less valuable Salvador Perez gets. But uh, in a batting average league, he is reliably good. Yes. Um... Now he's he's thirty now, so you know he's not as young as he used to be. He just, he's coming off missing an entire year, but he's before that, he's he's had high batting averages before he's had you know big home run seasons before. It's a good hitter man and uh he's one of those guys in that tier after Garver. Yeah. that he's got some upside. Yep. Um but uh just if you find yourself at any point this season with a Kansas City pitcher on your team that isn't named Ian Kennedy, uh I'm sorry in advance for your losing season. Yeah, pretty much.
0: Um, I'd really like to say that this is going to be the last time we're actually going to talk about a prospect tonight, but it's not (laughs) with the Tigers. Um, You know, they they still have Miggy, but Miggy's fallen so far now that I I know people are like, I don't know if I should take a flyer on him or not, and I'm like, that's something I never thought I'd hear. And and the answer is no. And the answer is no. Big no. Um They obviously have Boyd and Turnbull. Um, you mentioned CJ Crone as being probably the only hitter. Um, I like, uh, Scope and Goodrum behind him. Uh, shortstop and second base is always kind of thin. And both of them in previous seasons did like the left, or the right field, center field gap, which is the biggest in the ballpark, so maybe they can get some more hits out of that. Um but probably the little very late round draft picks and probably a filler if you
1: need it. In yeah. The... I mean, the best thing I can say about good Run is that he plays every day. Yeah. Um, but Crone, Crone is a stat cast darling. Yes. Like he hits the crap out of the ball. Uh, you, you do wonder a little bit if the ballpark is going to suppress his numbers like it, you know, did to Castellanos and Miggy once upon a time. But uh, yeah, the, Dude, dude, he breaks. Yeah. Um... Really, really good. Uh, for, uh, if you wait on first base, or you need a corner infielder late, and Crone is there, grab him. Yeah, I don't you, think you'll regret
0: it. You have a different interesting player than I do, so go first.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's less interesting than it is just a player to be aware of. Okay. Uh, Cameron Maben is on the Tigers again, and. He produced for the Yankees, he produced for the Marlins before that. Uh I think he is a, an underrated player at this point in his career. And yeah. he's probably gonna hit early in the order for the Tigers most days. So I think if he's out there playing every day, you've got a really sneaky double digit power, double digit stolen bases guy.
0: Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh my interesting player I think is if you can get him and stash him, if you can build your roster up that you can hold him if you don't have a prospect spot. Casey Mize. Do you think he pitches this year? A lot of people are talking he's going to come up after the deadline in June. Because, you know, I I hate to say this, but we saw some teams hold back their guys and hold back their guys and hold back their guys until all of them were ready and then called them up. And then if they don't pan out, you have a problem, so it's better to know what you have, and I think if, that means Casey Mize is going to be pitching in June.
1: If you're in a uh, if you're in a dynasty league, then you should be all over the Detroit Tigers minor league system.
0: Yes, exactly. Them, they and, have a lot. Of, they have a lot of guys. Them Matt and the Manning, White Sox, Casey honest, Mize, too.
1: Frank Franklin Perez, lots of uh, lots of good young pitchers in the Tigers system. But uh, they're probably you're probably looking at a year or two before they're really showing dividends. Exactly. Um, Scooball, too. They they're just so many so many prospects.
0: Really good draft classes the last two years. It's kind of amazing. They'll be back Mm -hmm. sooner than later, in my opinion. Even though prospects do take time to develop.
1: Um, Yeah. So uh, at least just one team. More more than I ever thought I'd talk about the Tigers. I know. On to the Indians.
0: Yes. The usual—I I hate to say this, but they're another usual suspects team. Like, J. Ram Lindor, the Santanas, I like both of them. Um, so,
1: I I disagree a little bit because, you know, uh, last week we talked about the Cubs being a usual suspect team because we don't really know what we're getting out of the rest of the lineup, and you're yeah. hoping. Whereas with Cleveland, yeah, you have, your, you have your stars that you know are probably going to produce, which, uh, you know, Carlos Santana, Lindor— Jose Ramirez but like the other guys in the lineup have done it before like yeah uh, like uh, the guys that I pointed out to you Fran Reyes and Domingo Santana I
0: had Santana in my usual suspects because of how much I like him
1: yeah dude you could you could see and I don't I don't think this is ridiculous. I you could see sixty, sixty five, seventy home runs out of Fran Mill and Domingo Santana.
0: Yeah. I think I think you could too. Um Clevenger, of course, who's missing time, will be back late April.
1: Yeah. His uh his draft stock has fallen a little bit. Don't let him fall too far. Yeah. Because if he if he only misses three, four starts, he's still gonna wind up as a top fifteen starter at the end of the year. And, and... I think that's easy
0: then bieber breakout again second year of bieber breakout
1: popular um i don't want to say bust but popular regression candidate
0: yeah yeah he's he's definitely got some question marks there um and mercado too i don't think we talked about mercado in terms of batting production yet
1: yeah he's a uh, i actually think he could have a similar batting line to maven Except he's a bit of a bigger name because he was so recently a top yeah. prospect. But I, I do think if you get Mercado as your third, fourth outfielder, I don't think you regret it. Uh, and after, a,
0: but after a little bit of discussion, you and I actually agreed on the interesting players from the Indians,
1: which well, were... We're, we're, we kind of merged two, yours and mine. We
0: did, yeah. Um, which is Plissac and Saval, which are their fourth and fifth starters. Um, the Indians, and especially these two guys, I think in limited time last year showed their potential and what they could do. And if you're in a league that requires you to have deep starting pitching, these are probably two of the guys you should go for because the numbers are there and the Indians are good at turning out pitchers.
1: Yeah, uh, of the two, I like Savali more. Um, I I just, I think Plesak was doing it more with smoke and mirrors and I, I like Savali's repertoire a little bit more. I think his... I think his repertoire fits what the Indians are good at working with yeah. a little bit better. See, I,
0: I, I am, and this is why we disagree. I'm, I'm a smoke and mirrors guy, which is why I like please act more because <laughs> those, because to me, like those guys, if they have a pitch not working one night, they know they can smoke and mirrors with their other pitches. Hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. So I, I think uh, I think with the Indians. Uh, the Indians are a fun team because they get they they have a nice combination of guys we know are going to produce, and then you're you're like sneak picks later in the draft.
0: Yeah, I think I think the AL and looking at it too, looking at all these players and the depth charts inside the AL centers could be really competitive
1: between the yeah, top three they, teams. I, I feel like uh, going into the season, I I was way more impressed with the White Sox and the Indians lineup than I thought I would be. For some reason I thought I thought that the Indians were going to be like the Brewers where like they were so inactive that their lineup was kind of crap now. But, no, uh, like, yeah. They're they're deep, 1 through 8, they're very deep.
0: Yeah, it's like uh wh- where did this happen? How did this happen?
1: Yeah, like C- Cesar Hernandez is solid, man. And Roberto Perez again, big had a big breakout last year and he's one of the best defensive catchers in the league. Yep. Like uh I think that's going to be a solid it's going to be a fun division. Yep.
0: And now we're on our last division. Yes uh and i think i think we start with the team that made the second best move of the off season
1: sure.
0: i'll put cole at number 1 just because it's been what the have been missing for like a decade now um the angels um you've obviously got like the guys that everybody drafts you know rendon trout um looking beyond that in that lineup I like Tommy Listella a lot because that lineup's gonna produce and maybe he can get some, you know, RBIs and runs when, you know, three and four don't do it. Um, mm-hmm. you have Castro behind the plate as an interesting mid tier catching candidate. Um and then obviously Hansel Robles is the closer, um, could be a really, really interesting draft pick if you so- miss out on the top line of cat closers.
1: I think the I think the Angels are a better team when Fletcher is in the lineup over Listella, but Fletcher is a better real life player than fantasy player. Unless you're uh you're in an OBP league Fletcher is pretty fun. Uh he ba- he basically he's another one like Arias, where he just never strikes out. Yeah. Uh but he's a strong defensive player and if he's if he's in the lineup and batting near the top, that's a good spot to be in.
0: Um you, you had this in here and I think it's an important note. Make sure you know how your league rules work with Otani.
1: Yeah, dude, If I, I was in a mock draft the other day, and I drafted Shohei Otani, and then I realized that I only drafted half of an Otani. Uh, I only drafted the pitcher half of Otani. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, some leagues, Yahoo comes to mind. Uh, they treat hitting and pitching Otani as two different players. Yes. So, yeah, make sure you know your league format. Make sure you know how they treat two-way players, and don't uh, do what I did. Yep. Um, I have two
0: interesting players here. Um... Actually, one's more of a stash and run player, but I really like Dylan Bundy because I feel like going on a team that actually gives a crap is
1: going to help him a lot. Yeah, he's, uh, um, he's looked pretty good in spring training so far, also.
0: Yeah, I, I really think it was time for him to leave the organization and the mental aspect of it is going to help how, him tremendously.
1: How many times have we said that in recent years? Le- Gaussman, too. Yeah, that's true. Um,
0: the other interesting player that I think you should stash and run away with if you can is Joe Adele. Just, if you haven't heard of him, I don't know
1: what to tell you. Yeah, top, top five prospects.
0: Not even, uh, not even 21 yet. Probably going to come up after the Rule 5 deadline. Start every day in right field. And probably be really, really good.
1: Yeah, uh... Joe Adele is going to be the top waiver pickup of the week whenever he does come up. He's uh, he's supremely talented.
0: He's extremely supremely talented. Uh,
1: Last thing I want to say about the Angels. Um, If you are the type of fantasy owner who leaves your catcher situation until very late in the draft, like you treat it like a fantasy football kicker. uh, I do that. uh, Yeah, I do that sometimes. Jason Castro is a very good late-round catcher target. Yes, um, I like him a lot. Because the underlying numbers point to possible production so the price is minuscule yeah and it's better than drafting like mike zanino yep um i like mike zanino anyway
0: (laughs) z god uh, speaking speaking of z god's old team the mariners ah Transitions. oh oh,
1: sorry last thing about the angels uh andrew heaney not a household name yet great pitcher uh snag him uh if uh you know if you're looking for a pitcher don't know who else to grab heaney so good uh he should be a household name okay basically one of the best sinkers in baseball at this point he okay. basically he uh he's like an interesting thing about heaney he utilizes his two seamer up in the zone which is very you know you would think it was counterproductive but he makes it work because it's just that good of a pitch interesting yeah
0: um
1: you, you know what is interesting?
0: I had the perfect transition and you ruined it. That was what was interesting. Um, but seriously, the Mariners. They're interesting, dude. Yeah. I kind of I kind of am interested in this.
1: The only thing interesting is reading Mitch Haniger's injury reports. AL. So he did what? Yeah. He ruptured what? Oh man, dude, you put the Heaney thing
0: in the Mariners. Is that what? Yeah. <laughs> That's why we. That's why I missed it. Um,
1: notable, he, notable matter. Notable,
0: notable going to have a bounce back year every year. Kyle Seager is my play. Is the only player I think we need to talk about. Kyle the better Seager. Kyle the better Seager. Um, it's a ton of unproven guys that could be very, very interesting if the Mariners actually prove out to not be a tire fire.
1: Um. Well, everyone knows that. The steals obsessed person in your draft is going to draft Malik Smith way too early. Yes,
0: I, I have that down. F- uh is interesting too. Um, I think he's at second for them. I will double. I, th- I will double check. Outfield. That. outfield. Oh yeah, and he's at outfield for them. Yeah. Um.
1: I Evan White. Oh yeah.
0: Sorry, I flipped it in my head. Shedlong Junior is their second baseman, yeah. and, and I think he's an interesting pick with how shallow second
1: bases uh it looks like evan white has a job for the year unless uh i I mean i guess he could get pushed by austin ola maybe but it looks like he's got a job for the year he was very productive in the minors he's got a great glove so you know that always helps keep a guy in the lineup and the perennial
0: question for the last three years is jp
1: crawford (laughs) gonna break out no Uh, he's i like a, he's how a, fast that was he is a he is a good defending, yeah, I don't think he's worth your time in fantasy, yeah, maybe if it's a really deep league, maybe maybe um also uh will Vogelbach ever turn his head? I don't, I don't think know. so I don't know I don't maybe. think he has a neck,
0: maybe. It, maybe it's like Batman, and it's just, a, it's
1: just it just can't. So that's the offense. I think you do have some potential value from the rotation. Uh, we all know Marco Gonzalez is boring and okay. Um, we have Cucci and Sheffield, who have both been pretty good in spring training. Kucchi is showing some velocity that he had in spring training last year, but kind of lost over the course of the year. Yeah. So that's one of those things where you're going to want to monitor start by start does he have the velo and if he does maintain that velo he is definitely a target.
0: I really like Sheffield a lot.
1: Yeah. And then there's Taiwan Walker, uh the prodigal yes. son. The the uh you know, former star coming back and uh we'll see uh we'll see if he can regain his stuff.
0: Yeah, he got traded twice since mm-hmm. Jeez.
1: Um, supposedly, supposedly, he was throwing ninety four in his last session, which that's is you know really good. That's back where almost back where it was. He said he thinks he can get back up
0: to ninety seven. Ooh, if he can, watch out.
1: Yeah, he could wind up being like their number two starter for one, number one starter
0: for serious. There, um, the one player I really really like with the Mariners, um, personal, slightly personal connections aside, um, I really like Kyle Lewis on that team. Um he got a cup of tea last year. Um he came up and like hit a walk-off home run in his first game and then just produced and then kind of fell off a little bit. Only had like the 2.68 batting average, you know, the 3.18 on base percentage. Um, 3.57 woba versus like 3.48 expected. But in terms of Mariners players, I feel like he is the most interesting because he could be one of those top outfielders sooner rather than later because he has that draft profile you just haven't heard of him because he got hurt twice in the minor leagues
1: i actually wouldn't be surprised if he wound up being trade bait because if there's one thing that the mariners have it's young stud outfielders they, between what? we love Kellnick here on the podcast we do you admit he exists have, <laughs> they also have uh rodriguez and uh I thought Hanniger. If Hanniger ever comes back,
0: uh, I thought they were. gonna I thought Kellenick was staying at second.
1: Kellenick was never a second baseman. I thought he was a. I am so confused. Nah, outfielder for life. Okay. Center fielder too, and you know a decent yeah. fielder.
0: Who am I thinking? Who am I thinking of? That the, uh... oh Mart, the other Marte, Novali Marte for the Mariners. That's who I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. That they have at second base. Oh. Um, yeah, so
1: I. Yeah, I, th- I think there's some sneaky value in the uh, Mariners' rotation, fun. just like the Texas Rangers.
0: Yes, I like the Texas Rangers' rotation for sneaky picks, especially yes. Cl- especially Kluber. Believe it or not, I think a lot of people are gonna sleep on him this year.
1: I actually just traded Kluber in my dynasty league because I I'm like I'm like 30% sure he's washed. So I traded Kluber in a deal for Mackenzie Gore.
0: Okay. That's a hey. thing that happened.
1: That is the thing that happened. also got Nimmo in that deal. Let me send Brandon Nimmo. Okay, that's a that? little bit better, yeah. I thought you did that straight up, and I was like, what? I mean, he is the top pitching prospect in all of baseball, yeah, and it's a dynasty fair. league.
0: That's fair. That's fair.
1: So, uh, yeah, so the Rangers have Kluber, they have Lynn, they have Mike Miner, they have, and Kyle, they Gibson. have Kyle Gibson and Jordan Lyles. Uh, oh. I don't know if you remember, but Jordan Lyles was the best pitcher in the second half last year to never make it into the fifth inning. Yep. So uh thank thank you, Craig Council. Thank you for ruining all my wins in fantasy. But
0: what a manager.
1: Really. He's he's so good and so annoying. So the Rangers have all of these interesting pitchers and last year it seemed like they knew how to maximize their pitching talent. If that carries over to this year, you know, if that proves to not just be a one Fluky kind of year, or we could wind up getting some real value out of this rotation. They've got the arms. If you know, if they if they can repeat that coaching feat, you've really got something. Yeah, because uh, we, we know they've got bats. We they've got Andrus, Gallo, Calhoun, um, Chirinos. I'm sure I'm forgetting some. They uh, Todd
0: Frazier now.
1: Yeah, I didn't forget him.
0: I like I like Torinos and trinos and in Texas. it could be interesting
1: Gallo has actually seen some uh, adp droppage lately, and uh that means I might see some more Gallos on my team
0: yeah uh i I'm still on the Joey Gallo might actually have a batting average at some point he did I last brain. year before he got hurt he did yeah, and he I of think that's the, the biggest form,
1: problem uh, I actually saw an analyst tweeting about large players the other day like tall players like 6'5 and over mm-hmm. and they just so very rarely play more than like 120 games and so you you hope it's not like a chronic thing uh like I would love to see a full season of Joey Votto one of these years
0: what does that translate to in starting pitching 22 starts
1: uh I don't think it applies to pitchers as much. I think he yeah. was mainly focused on hitters. Because when you're when you're looking at all the uh the, the big boppers, and I mean big in height, uh you got Judge, Stanton, Gallo, and they just how many full seasons have you gotten out of them lately?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I am fully for the Rangers on the Kluber hype bounce back hype train as being the most interesting position they have to offer because like you and so many other people, are, are he's done sell him off train that he could be gotten for pretty good round value in a lot of drafts and pretty cheap if you're doing auction drafts.
1: And you're not going to know if he's washed or not until, like, May or June because he always sucks in April.
0: Yeah, that's the big problem there.
1: So when do you give up if he starts giving up a 6 ERA? June. But, uh... So a guy I find interesting on the Rangers is Danny Santana because if he puts up 80% of what he did last year, you've got a major steal. And the batting average might not hold, but like he's got power, he's got speed. He was top 10% in the league in average exit velo last year, which is not something you would think of when you think Danny Santana. No, not at all. He was like, uh, I always thought of him as like a slap hitter until last year, and all of a sudden, again, top ten percent.
0: Okay, do we have to talk about the next team, or can we just talk about their interesting
1: player and move on? You just bang on a trash can for thirty seconds, and we can call it a call yeah, it a that section. Seems weird.
0: Um, my my note for the Astros is, where are their batters going to fall in the draft order now? Because can you trust previous season projections that you use to draft these guys with? Yes. and I know you hate this argument <laughs> yes you can um yeah I, I feel like I feel like the only people it's going to hurt are the you're not drafting them super high guys anyway you mm-hmm. know Springer, Brantley maybe Correa Bregman and I th- still think well no with how deep third base is maybe Bregman gets hit a little bit too um, I don't think Altuve gets hit. Reddick might get hit, but I don't think a lot of people are drafting him anyway.
1: Nah, he's kind of boring. Yeah, but,
0: you know, I feel I still feel like Springer and Brantley are probably going to be the two affected most by this in terms of...
1: Reddick was only really good in 2017. <gasps> oh my god. The call is coming from inside
0: the house. <laughs> um, the trash can uh... banging is coming from inside the house. Um, sorry. Um, I do have a really, really interesting player on this team, though. Um... You saw him be really, really good in the playoffs, uh, especially in the World Series, and he is their fifth starter, and it's Jose Urquidy, uh, Urquidy, Quitty. Um He's an interesting depth starter in quotation marks. He has good underlying numbers, and he just got better as the year went on and could be somebody who will be really, really good value if you can get him in the mid-to-late rounds.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't know what kind of an innings cap we're going to be dealing with here because he didn't pitch too, too many innings last year. But again, he pitched all the way through into the playoffs. So, you know, he, he was stretched out for a full seven months, eight months with spring training. Um, so you you hope you get a full year out of him, but he's a, uh, has some, someone's got to pitch in that rotation. And there are, uh, again, they're similar to the, uh, Texas Rangers in that you trust their pitching development. Yeah. That's why if I catch these guys late in the draft, I'm grabbing McCullers. I'm grabbing Erkitty. If Josh James winds up as a fifth starter, then I'm looking at him too. Yeah. But Alright, uh, before, you, before you throw up in your mouth, athletics.
0: Why would I throw up in my mouth? I like oh, do the... you have a
1: trash can nearby?
0: I like the A's, man. Always. Always right by my desk. Come on. I got to call. I got to call my shots here, man. Jeez.
1: So the athletics have a pretty stacked lineup.
0: I I would consider it extremely loaded by Oakland standards.
1: And still cheap.
0: Yeah. It's incredible what they do. What Billy Bean does year after year. It really they're like, is.
1: They're like the Rays with just a few fewer uh, platoons.
0: Yeah um they they still do have a couple platoons and Mm -hmm. i think that's where you're really gonna have to if you're drafting one of those guys you're really gonna have to make the decision on who you think is gonna get more at bats in the platoon i can't
1: believe they're still i can't believe they're still running out robbie grossman like at almost most days
0: yeah i mean steven piscotti grossman pinder how are those guys gonna get there Ab's, um, Barreto and Mateo at second. Um, whoever wins that job and is going to get the majority of the days, I think, is going to be the better. Obviously, the better be the better draft pick, but I think both might be interesting, especially if you leave second base for the end of the draft.
1: Yeah, like Barreto has the prospect pedigree. Mateo's interesting. I, you know, if either of them gets a, uh, you know, a, a good chunk of plate appearances, there, there's there's going to be value there. And Mateo has looked good this uh, preseason. Can Spring Sheldon training. Noose get abs on this team? Who? Sheldon Noose. Third, I I third, actually legitimately don't know who that is.
0: Third third baseman, second baseman, right fielder, left fielder. He's their number six prospect. Oh,
1: six
0: twenty five Yeah, six foot, two hundred and twenty pounds.
1: Well, he's projected as a six eighty two OPS. So I mean, got to get him in there. Yeah. Twenty five, six eighty two OPS. Be still, my heart. Right. <laughs> um, I.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, <laughs> the uh, I think the the uh, some real interesting things are going to be what happens with their starting pitching. So yes. Frankie Montes Frankie Montes was like the breakout starting pitcher for a while last year, and then he got suspended. Yep. His splitter is just pure filth. If he has that going, I don't see why he wouldn't just return to what he did last year. And then we've got Menea, who has a... Was it a no-hitter or a perfect game?
0: I thought it was a no-hitter.
1: Yeah, but he's got a no-hitter on the record. Fires has a couple no-hitters on the record. Yeah, lots of no-hitters in this rotation.
0: Also, also has one of the best beards ever worn in a baseball game. Yeah. And my favorite nickname, uh, Mike
1: Garbage Fires.
0: Uh, also, my favorite nickname, though, for him, Whistleblower. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, but um, uh, right
1: right? So I think I think uh, Montes is going way below what his talent would dictate, and then we've got uh, Jesus Lizardo, Jesus Lizard, who yes. I wouldn't be surprised if he was the best pitcher on the team on a perennial basis. I think the only guy who would compete with him for that title would be Montes. Uh, I also like I, Puck
0: too in the fifth spot. He could get you some really good late round value. Puck,
1: puck is actually dealing with uh an injury right now No. yeah he looks like he might miss the start of the season no okay it's like, really like it seems like every sleeper starting pitcher is getting hurt right now and it's that's very ridiculous. frustrating
0: that's ridiculous um jesus lizardo uh famously for being in the do little madsen trade was a Nats prospect
1: fantastic trade although you probably don't regret it right now
0: i didn't regret it at the time to be fair might
1: might change over time I think
0: it will too but in 2017 like we were two relievers away from being a complete roster and we did it and I don't think
1: you have regrets about that um so your interesting guy is well known but it bears mentioning
0: it it does it really does and that is Matt Olson it's all about health it is all about him staying healthy and quite frankly it's also about time he actually does have a breakout season. We talk about Savant and the red lines and the percentiles a fair bit here. He's 94th percentile on exit velocity, 97th on hard hit pro- projection, 94th on x woba and
1: 96th on x slug uh, Just, I have to ask, what more do you want out of a breakout? The dude's got he a career had... one th- He's got a career 130, weighted runs created plus.
0: But it's really funny as you talk about it, and you're like, this is not like he can bat like 30 points higher and slug 50 points higher, and I feel like this is the year he's going to do it, where it's I, all uh, so going to come together for him. Because... I don't know if
1: he's ever going to hit 290 because he just hits so many fly balls. Now, that's, he scor- that's he scorches the ball when yeah. he gets it in the air, but that is his profile. He, do- he doesn't have the profile of a guy who's ever going to it the you know the required amount to have a high batting average
0: i i think i think he could bad for the required batting average um i don't know i just feel like this is the year he always puts it together because like knowing oakland fans and talking to oakland fans it's like he can either get you like go on a streak where he gets you two singles every day for a week and then the next week he'll hit only half four hits and they'll all be home runs and so like him putting it together i feel like puts him potentially into top five in the AL in terms of players. And I feel like he's really primed for that, if you look at the underlying numbers. Top five amongst all players? AL players. Ooh, that's hot. Yeah. Well, we also just lost a top five player in the AL, too, to be fair, so there is a slot there.
1: Yeah, but Matt Olson. Yeah. I mean, we... You basically have to be prime Albert Pujols to be a top five player in WAR at first base.
0: Yeah, that's fair. He could do it. He has the underlying numbers to do it too.
1: Yeah, I just he dude's never gonna hit. Like I said, I don't think he ever hits 290. It's
0: it's 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 a hot take, but I think he might.
1: Dude, I would love to be wrong because I do like Matt Olson a lot. Yeah. Uh, I just I just can't see it with his profile. Yeah.
0: Agree. Agree to disagree as much as I hate that phrase. Yeah.
1: All right. So. This has been our fantasy rundown. Yes, we're gonna talk a little bit about MLB The Show before we wrap things up because uh, we we've gotten a couple of streams lately. We're counting down the days. What are, what are we? Ten days until release? Nine days until release? Nine nine days until release. Now, if you
0: get if you get early access, if you get early access, you don't have to have early access. Um, so we we are not gonna talk about the Diamond Club and the player rating stream. We completely ignored that last week, and I feel like that's a conversation for another day um yeah I just don't want to get you started
1: on Juan Soto I know
0: um I completely lost my my train
1: of thought um so really? you mentioned Juan Soto as a goal and he just loses it I know
0: it's like I just see red that's weird right anyway um I see gold custom custom ouch <laughs> it's okay so,
1: McNeil's a gold too
0: yeah it's, it's okay. Um, Jared Clinic's going to be a diamond for the Mariners. So, Yep. Um, custom leagues, a.k.a. online franchises, back baby!
1: Which is great. Which um, means you
0: had to pre-order the game because you said you would.
1: I know, I did. That was. Uh, I pre- I'm pretty sure I'm on the record. I said it on the pod. If they put an online franchise, I'm getting the game. They I said if it, it was I, really I, full I,
0: minor league yeah. rosters available on day one, I would pre-order, and I also agreed to do that, and I
1: did. They done did it. I can't they, wait to get they be by them. my friends constantly now. Yeah.
0: Um Which is also really, really interesting because there are two different ways to play at this time. Um which is DD rosters with with and you can put in a cap or no cap if you want to. Um or you can use MLB rosters, active rosters, and it will use their Diamond Dynasty ratings, not their franchise ratings
1: including inside edge
0: include yeah including inside edge which i think is a huge huge point um downside no fantasy draft
1: yeah Um, so uh just to touch on that inside edge thing that we know i think there's a you can kind of game that now like you know how inside edge if your team is facing a rookie pitcher like every hitter is on like five star inside edge you know, if you're using if you're using live rosters, and you know your team is facing a rookie pitcher, you try to get as many games as you can in that day while all your guys are have their stats jacked up. Yeah. Yep. Pay attention um, to those. Ah, uh, pay attention to those matchups, you guys, when you're doing your uh, online leagues with your uh, savvy friends.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's. I feel like this is huge that it's back in general. But they also had a lot of quality life improvements. You can award wins. Um, you can play on any record. There is a. Um, trade deadline and it's two-thirds of your games played
1: so you can make trades in live rosters you cannot make trades in dd
0: yes that is also a, a good point to note um i'm just really really excited about it it's going to be interesting i'll probably make Schweb z play in one for the podcast if you guys are interested hit me up um the other huge mode that's back again this year that they talked about um during today's stream um March to October is back. It's better. Um, It's bigger. There's a new reward structure that they didn't show. They're showing the actual rewards on Saturday, so we'll get those next week. But the reward system has been rebuilt. You now get rewards for Team Affinity for hitting goals by certain points, which they're calling checkpoints or reward gates. So it's like end of May, trade deadline, end of beginning of September draft the postseason, obviously World Series is going to get you the huge big top prize for March to October. But that's a huge difference because people didn't like that it was all or nothing. That was a huge problem last year.
1: Love to play on Legend and lose in the World Series.
0: Yeah, a lot of people lost in the World Series after playing it on Legend and didn't want to redo it. Um, the other huge news about this is you can replay from your last checkpoint or reward gate. If you don't like how it's going.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. I that knew. is huge news. <laughs> um, the other thing that they announced that they said is most high leverage situations you're gonna be playing in um are going to be when your team's behind and you need to bat. It's not gonna be so much your guy has a shutout, finish it. Your reliever's struggling, pull him and get him out of it and get out of this jam. That kind of stuff's gonna go away. It's gonna be more bat situations for high leverage and low level situations are gonna be more pitching related
1: you're going to be allowed to make more trades. Your trades are not going to be locked to just hitters. Uh, And they're going to implement a system where if you make a trade, basically immediately after the trade, you get to use that new player in a a pressure situation. So you get to kind of like play with your new toy.
0: Which is really, really awesome. Uh, There's also now a call-up window to call up players too.
1: Really excited to call up a 68-rated rookie to my World Series hopeful team. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I that part I didn't love, unless uh, you you would hope since they're using the D, the DD ratings that you you know they get boosted a bit. Yeah, I would I would assume they would get boosted slightly. Um, so it's funny because they they showed these new features, they showed the trades and then the call ups, and they're very cool features. But then you're looking at the details and nitpicking, and it's like, okay, they're showing Topic as the call up, and he's a 68. Boo. And then they're like, oh, you can do trades now. And they're like, here's a guard trade, for example. And then the trade AI made the offer of Cindergard for Lance Lynn, Nick Solak, Jeff Mathis.
0: Their trade and engine is broken, and it looks that, like they haven't yeah. fixed
1: it. And Looking at that just turned me off so much, but it's not enough to, you know, put down the mode.
0: Yeah, and like, you know, Mills is really, really good about getting feedback for Road to the Show and Franchise and stuff. And one of the things that I bring up every time he asks for feedback is fix the trade engine. And I think it's important now that they're making March to October a big thing to actually, you know, go yeah. back and uh fix that.
1: There's um, actually there's actually a pretty comprehensive like uh trade manager, I want to say. Like you get to designate people as untouchable, you get to say what positions you want, what positions yeah. you want, blah, blah blah blah. And I mean the upside to that busted trade AI is that that Syndergaard trade was in your favor. You were getting Syndergaard. So that's cool. That's Uh, helpful as the player. Yep. At least if it's going to be broken, be broken to help the player.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, The other thing they talked about that I wasn't expecting to see in the stream, uh, apparently they combined, yes, the stream that was supposed to be tomorrow with this one. Um, UI upgrades across the board. Um, uh, They've got rid of the other two options. It's only MLB... Uh, network or MLB the show theme in games and both of the trackers will now have the um, relative relevant information go underneath the tracker instead of on the MLB network going to the right of it which goes over the pitching meter they finally fixed that three years later Um, thank you
1: one thing that the uh, the UI and marketing design team mentioned the presentation team was that you will now be able to do the MLB the show equivalent of teabagging your opponents when you hit a dinger you can force them to watch your home run celebration that's
0: and not going to get annoying online I I make, I
1: make I make this proclamation now if I wind up playing right at any point and I'm sure I will because of online leagues I will make him watch every single home run celebration that I get
0: you assume I'm going to give one up just saying
1: Um, just just wait it'll it'll be it'll happen you're gonna
0: blow you're gonna blow me out of
1: water let's be real here
0: (laughs) i'm man enough to admit that um they're added they added new trackers to um or new score bug ticks to moments so they have one for the 50s and or 60s and young earlier and they have one for the 70s and 80s and then they have a 90s and 2000s one for moments.
1: The nineties one felt very nostalgic.
0: The nineties one is what I grew up with and I kinda loved it a lot. <laughs> Although the seventies and eighties ones I also liked because it looked like the score bug from like the old Reds VHS I had of the seventy six World Series. Um
1: oh, and uh we mentioned uh we mentioned Kevin BGO's dad earlier. Yeah, he's Guess in... Who's in the game. <laughs> yes. Um
0: he is also the my favorite weirdest statistic of all time. He is the only player with three thousand hits, six hundred doubles, two hundred and fifty home runs, and four hundred steals. He was good, y'all. He was good. Um, the last thing, minor thing, was the strike zone now shows oh. balls and strikes.
1: Oh, you know, I just realized we're gonna, we're gonna, probably gonna have like a gold uh Craig Biggio card, like oh, a catcher. We are, yeah.
0: Oh yeah, gold catcher Craig Biggio. Hell yeah. That'll be fun. I dude, I don't know if
1: they do his. Or just a secondary?
0: If they do his second-year card when they moved him to second base, is like the pre-order diamond, you could see him being played at catcher in second base early in the show. Mm-hmm. That might be a really good pre-order pack card, actually, if you can play him yeah. a catcher. Um, especially because early game, early-year catchers have a problem outside of like live series. Um, I think that about wraps it up. Except for one more thing. You I sure because I could
1: I, I'm happy to go back over my Mets fantasy advice.
0: No, I think I think we're good. Um, we do we do have to ask a question though, and that is a trivia question of the week. You can tweet at TateMeasurePod Pod, at Ryry Jones with the answer, and be added to our giveaway for a 2017 Aaron Judge MLB the show hat and the 2020 fifteenth anniversary Javi Baez designed MLB the show hat. And this week's question is, I'm going more modern this week. I was told to go more modern. During Ricky Henderson's 130 steal season in 1982, how many times did Ricky steal home?
1: Let's go more modern. It's only 40 years ago. Right? (laughs)
0: We'll get more modern as these go along. Don't worry. Don't worry. Next week's going to be the last one. We'll give it away after pre-release weekend. Um, and we'll do it. I'll probably live stream it when I give it away, just so people don't get confused. Anyway, um, who won
1: so, the 2019 World Series? Yeah. Uh,
0: so l- one last time, during Ricky Henderson's 130 steal season in 1982, how many times did he steal home? So there you go. Anything else? No. I think we about summed it up. I have talked enough. Yeah, we did. We did fantasy. We did it in two weeks. And now we get to spend all probably all next week talking about season predictions.
1: We were originally going to try to do all 30 teams in one week.
0: That would have been a disaster.
1: That was a terrible idea. It's a terrible idea. We should have done division by division, really, because even this, really, we, uh, hell, this way yeah, this is way too
0: long. Could have spent a month on it, really, to be honest. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Call, I'm calling it. I'm calling it quits. I gotta I gotta peace out. Um for, for Schwebzy, this is Rye Rice on and off. Until next week, guys. Peace out, y'all.